healthy stuff, like I was still just eating it to fill something, right? And that was the moment where I was like, there's something else, I'm missing something. And that's when I really went on like the search to find and, and figure out what is the deeper solution. Welcome to Simply Woke, a podcast about awakening experiences. These are the transformative events that connect us to our spiritual selves and personal truths. I'm Alessandra Johnston, and each week I speak with a different guest about how they woke up, what happened, what they learned, and how it shifted their life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to Simply Woke. I'm Alessandra Johnston, host of this podcast, and thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time, amazing, and if you've listened to some others, well then, welcome back. Today, I am speaking with the beautiful and lovely Alyssa Love. Alyssa is an LA native, and she is a body empowerment coach. I loved my conversation with Alyssa because she has such a warm, gentle, and calming energy to her, and you can really hear it in her voice. We talked about a lot of different things. We obviously talked about her story because that is what this podcast is all about. So we talked about how her religious upbringing didn't help her to feel empowered as a woman and that her original belief system caused her to feel stifled, which led her to uh, numb herself with food. We also talked about her marriage to her high school sweetheart and what happened when it broke apart. And we also talk about how she finally healed her relationship with food and her body, which is such an important topic in my opinion, because so many of us, especially women, struggle with our bodies. And the struggle really doesn't serve us in any way. And Alyssa has a really positive approach to body self-acceptance. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, then please take a few minutes to rate and review it on iTunes or share it with some friends. This will help to get the word out and hopefully help others to wake up and speak their truth. So without taking up any more of your time, let's jump in and listen to the conversation with Alyssa Love. Anyway, so thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. In our, welcome. In our chat. <laughs> Let's go back and you can start telling me about your high school sweetheart. Yes. (laughs) So it's so funny to even like think of it in that way now. But yeah, we met when I was 16. And I mean, he was really like my only boyfriend. I grew up in a very conservative Christian home, went to Christian school and kind of just followed that mold, you know, that blueprint of like, you know, a lot of people would meet someone in in college, but I started even younger, you know, I was like, okay. And just kept walking with that, that blueprint that I had seen, you know, my parents also met when they were 15 and 16 and got married really young. That was just, even though I, I grew up in LA and in this very like diverse kind of open culture. I I grew up in a bubble within that. And that influenced so much of just the way I lived my life, especially like at a younger age, I was very much in that bubble of seeing what I should do and going down that path and trying to live up to that like good girl persona. Right. And so, um, 
I think now looking back with the clarity that I have, I know that so much of that was just kind of like, all right, let me grab latch onto you and fulfill this life that I'm supposed to live. It all seemed to be working out pretty well. <laughs> and I remember even a couple weeks before things started to shift, being like, oh my God, my life is perfect. I have everything I wanted, you know? What do you mean shift? I was kind of living in this idea of like, okay, everything is going perfect. Everything is great. I have a perfect marriage. I have a perfect career. I have like all these things. And, and so he, what were you doing at the time? So I was a hairstylist. And, you know, I started to dabble in spirituality, you know, taking it back a little bit. I, I started getting into yoga and meditation probably around like 19, 20, and was still very afraid of diving fully into it because of like the Christian standards that I grew up with. And I didn't officially like shed that until probably closer to 24, where I was like, okay, I'm going to like leave this label. I, I no longer associate with this label, but it took me a long time to to do that. And I remember even saying it out loud, like I'm no longer a Christian and kind of being like, am I going to get struck by lightning? <laughs> you know, like having that moment. Let's take it back then a bit. Cause I'm kind of curious okay. about that time from, from, so you, you met him at 16 and he kind of fulfilled this mold for you, mm-hmm. right? That you meet this nice boy and you go to church and you, and I'm assuming he was Christian too. Yeah. And, and so then at around 19, you started to get into yoga yeah, so I so guess what did- really sparked that was I read this book called Skinny Bitch. <laughs> I read that. I read that. One. That's about yeah. Bitch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And so that was really like for me my first, I would call it like mini awakening to the, where it it woke me up to the the fact that there were things that were unseen. Right. They talk a lot about like the, you know. Um, just like the food industry in general and all these things that I was like, what? I've been lied to, you know, because up until that point, especially, I just felt like I was in this bubble and, you know, everything is what it looks like and it is what it is. Um, So that was my first like mini awakening to being like, wait, maybe I need to question. Yeah, there's more. Like I need to question things. And so I, I dove really deeply into vegetarianism, veganism. Um, And from that, that kind of sparked my yoga journey. And even at that point, I was still very afraid of it becoming spiritual. And I remember, you know, they would do the OM in the yoga class and I would just like not do it. (laughs) I'd be like, I'll do the poses, but I'm not going to do the breath work stuff. I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. And Uh, what was freaking you out? It was just, was it the change? Or was there certain ideas that were running through your head? I think it was the ideas that it was sparking in me to question this like foundation that I grew up with, right? I mean, it was intense. I went to Christian school. We went to, you know, church twice a week. Like it was a very like heavy on the Christianity and anything outside of that was seen as bad, right? So I, I know maybe not all families are that way, but that was very much like any, you know, questioning it was not okay. Psychics or, you know, even like 
looking at your, your astrology sign, like all of that was like, not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How did you feel about yourself at that time? Oh man. Right. So, so from the time I was probably like middle school, I think middle school age is what, like 11 or 12. I struggled with, you know, binge eating, body dysmorphia, basically just like self-hatred. And do you know where that came from? Like, was that because of the media or was there other messages that you were getting from other people? Yeah. I mean, um, my, my mom definitely was always on a diet and always, you you know, that was kind of just like what I saw was that yo-yo dieting of like, let me be really strict and then let me just go for it, you know? And I know now looking back that I was always very sensitive, highly sensitive child, um, very empathic and didn't know how to process these things. And, you know, we were in this kind of family that just swept things under the rug a lot. There was a lot that wasn't expressed. And that was one of the ways that I knew how to conceal that and, and kind of numb that overwhelm that I would feel. And even, even to the point of like the body dysmorphia being something to distract me from all these other things. And I, I know that this is like really something that's planted in the media to distract women, um, mm-hmm. to be so overly concerned with how they look that they're not addressing the deeper aspects of themselves. And I definitely was like a perfect candidate for that. And also like I had a slightly different body shape than my friends. It just like happened to be that like the group of friends that I was with looked one way and I was the odd one out. And even though I wasn't super overweight at any point, it always felt like that compared to them. Yeah. And especially if you had the body dysmorphia or dysmorphia, sorry, then that just adds to that, right? Exactly. And, And so within your marriage, so you got married at what age? 23. Which is young. But I guess yeah. that within the Christian community, that's kind of what you do, right? Yeah, yeah. That was actually like, people were like, oh, finally, you know. <laughs> it's <about> time. <laughs> right? <laughs> In your marriage, how were you feeling about yourself then? I mean, it was something that was always an issue, even, you know, even in my marriage, like, because he didn't know how to relate to me. I would just cry. I'd look in the mirror and just cry and be like, I hate myself. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so this. I'm so that. I mean, it definitely put strain, but I mean, he didn't know what to do and I didn't know what I needed. You know, it was like this very interesting, um, it, it, it would come and go, you know, it would just, I'd be good for a little while. And then all of a sudden a wave of it would kind of come in. And it's funny because I got really into, you know, veganism and yoga and this like healthy lifestyle. And that almost just came in and replaced that, that the other extreme of always dieting and always judging myself. Now I was judging myself against this other standard mm-hmm. of like healthy eating and can you do these fancy yoga poses? <laughs> and, and so you're being hard, even more hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't know how to support you. Is what you're saying. Right. I mean, a a lot of it I did keep in, but when it came out, he didn't know what to do, which is understandable, really. Yeah. (laughs) And when did you realize that the marriage was was done? You know, it's funny because I, you know, was kind of just skipping along like everything was fine. And, you know, I had 
started to really, probably a couple years before it ended, was when the spirituality really started to grow in me, right? And I, I became very much of like a, a seeker. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for something. Mm-hmm. And I went to so many different like healers and psychics and shamans. Like I, I tried everything, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately just to find that it was like within, of course, right? But um, I definitely was on that path and it was all very helpful. You know, it was all very helpful. And for a little bit, it kind of seems like he would like kind of go on the path, not as deep as me, but he'd be open to it or he would be, you know, somewhat supportive of it. And then I think it just got to a point where I, I hired my first coach so this was last year in June of last year, June of 2017. I hired my first coach, which was a huge investment. And to me, that was really like the catalyst for my life completely shifting and being able to see like what was out of alignment. Because up until that point, I thought that I literally thought I had a perfect marriage. I thought everything was great. Even though and you were feeling like crap. Yeah, but I I thought that that was me, you know, and you know it was inner work that needed to happen on that end, of course. But a couple weeks, maybe like two or three weeks after I hired this coach and decided I'm going to start my own business, I'm going to you know start to taper off of doing hair, which I had already done because I I did my yoga teacher training and I studied holistic nutrition actually. So during that time, I was only working three or four days a week at the salon. And I literally just like thought everything was great. He was having some like ups and downs with his business and figuring out what he wanted to do in his life. And I was like, it happens, you know, like this is what couples go through. Like I just thought it was, we were having one of those little phases. And he basically came to me one day and had this conversation of, I don't think I want to be married anymore. And I was like, wait, excuse me, what? (laughs) He just came out of the blue with it? To me, it felt like it was very out of the blue. And there was Um, no, there were no signs prior to? There was probably two, I would say like a month or two that felt rocky. I, at the time did not think at all that it was that rocky, right? But when he had that conversation with me, he basically just unloaded all of these things that he had been keeping in since before even we got married. You know, I've I've definitely done a lot of work to just forgive and release it all, but was definitely just trying to also fulfill this this blueprint, this life blueprint. And kind of dragged me along in it. Mm-hmm. But all the while being very unhappy, feeling like he made all these decisions based on me that were against what he actually wanted in life. And so feeling like a lot of regret for not doing certain things. And I think it just kind of all came to a head and and he couldn't, you know, really like, he, he couldn't hold it in anymore. And, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and just like be super open. So I actually, what really was the catalyst, I, I feel like between me hiring my coach and I also thought I was pregnant and like, you know, had a pregnancy test and, you know, it was negative. I was just a couple of days late on my period. 
which was not normal for me, but you know, it happens. So that really freaked him out. And he started to think like, oh my God, if she would have been pregnant, I would have just kept pretending, Hmm. you know? And so for me at first, I was like completely devastated, you know, just thinking like, what is he even talking about? You know? And I went into that space of just being like, I'll do whatever. I'll do anything. The pleading. Yes, exactly. I was like, I'll get rid of my crystals. I'll like, (laughs) I was like, I'll, I'll be whoever you want me to be. Like I'll change. I'll give whatever up. And that lasted, you know, for a little bit until I really realized, I mean, I luckily was doing work with a coach and doing so much soul work. And I made a list and I wrote down, like, if I was looking for a partner today, like, what are the qualities I would look for? And I wrote this list out and I looked at it afterwards and I was like, fuck, (laughs) it's not him at all. (laughs) And so that's when I was like, okay, like I got to let this go. And from the day that he had that initial conversation with me to the day we signed papers was only about three months. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It was quick. It was super quick. Yeah. And so then what did you do afterwards? So I, it's funny, I actually made the decision to just, I wanted to run away, right? And so I was like, I'm going to move to Costa Rica. And One of my favorite places in the world. Oh my God, it's amazing there. Amazing. <laughs> I want, I, ironically, after I divorced, I wanted to move there too, but I couldn't because I co-parent. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I think so many... I think so many divorced women end up there. It's like a very healing place. It it holds a lot of like feminine energy and it's also just beautiful and monkeys. So (laughs) I love the jungle. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved to Costa Rica. Well, no, (laughs) I made the plan to move. I, so I broke my lease. I found a home for my dog. I moved in with my aunt for a couple months and the plan was to move in December, just this past December. Yeah, this was not long ago, girl. (laughs) And so in November, I meet this guy, which was like, I'm not in, in the like wanting to date kind of phase or any of that. I was like, I'll have fun. I'll go out, whatever. But I'm not like looking for that. I'm moving away to another country, first of all. And also like, I just got out of a 12 year relationship. Like I want to be on my own. I want to just like have fun. So I accidentally fall in love (laughs) and I had already literally, I sold everything. I had clothes, crystals, and books. And like, even that was like down to the minimum. Right. And it's so funny. I had a workshop or something that I went to and I had like the last of my clothes that I was giving away. And this is like end of November, right. I'm moving in like a couple weeks. And I like gave this big box of clothes away to one of the girls in the workshop. And the next day I was like, I don't think I'm actually going to move. You had nothing. And I had, I like literally had nothing. I had like just enough clothes to get through the couple weeks. And like the rest was like summer clothes. Right. Cause I was going to be in Costa Rica. I was like, I'm going to live like eternal summer. 
And so I just remember being like really cold and like having to buy like sweaters. I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to postpone it. Or at least that's what I thought. And of course that ended up being like, you know, now I moved in, you know, with, with Sage, my partner now, you know, life completely shifted, but it was almost like this thing that I had to, this like goal that I had to set for myself, right? Like Costa Rica was just like this thing that allowed me to let go of all these other old parts of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even up to like the old clothing that held that old energy, mm-hmm. right? Like I literally had to release all of it to be able to like call in this new me and this new life, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of your healing because of your, your body issues and when, when did you start to heal all of that? So, well, I went to school for holistic nutrition beginning in 2015, I think it was. And I thought that that was going to be it for me. I was like, this is what's going to heal me. This is like, all I need to do is like, know more, you know, knowledge is power. I need like all the knowledge, right? I've read all the books, but maybe I need to go to school. That's the last thing I need, you know? And of course, like that wasn't it at all. It made it so much worse for me. Um, And I remember being in my last semester of school, having like a paper to do or something, an essay, something I was writing. And it took me all day long because I kept getting up and eating. I was just like eating whatever I could find. Like stress eating? Like total stress eating, totally like binging on just like whatever was there. And of course, like I was at that point where I was, definitely like stocking the fridge with like healthier foods, but I was still binging on them, you know, whatever, even if it was like all this healthy stuff, like I was still just eating it to fill something. Right. And that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm, there's something else. I'm missing something. It's not knowing all the, the different nutrients and vitamins and this and that, that I need. Like that's not it. There's something else. And that's when I really went on like the search to find and, and figure out what is the deeper solution. Right. And I mean, it took me, it it took me like going on my own journey of figuring that out. And from that kind of like creating my own curriculum that I now like take people through as well, but there's so many different angles of it. And you know, so many layers, right? Mm -hmm. So it's never just, oh, you're stress eating. So get unstressed. (laughs) It's basically you you went down to the root. Yeah. And what was the root? (sighs) So many, there were so many roots, you know? So, so, I mean, a big part of it, looking back, I was noticing, okay, a big part is the level of empathy that I feel, right? The the level of sensitivity that I have and that I hadn't been taught how to express myself, right? That expressing myself was actually very much like looked down on, right? And at least in the way that I would want to express myself. And how did it you was, want to express yourself? Well, even just, for example, practicing yoga, or going down the spiritual path, like that was all very like forbidden, you know, within my, my family. And so, you know, that's even something still that I I work towards because they're 
like very confused with the path that I've chosen, you know, and like, what the heck is she doing? She's a witch and definitely going to hell. So, (laughs) and, and, you know, they really believe that. And so that, that guilt was something that was really hard to, you know, not only claim it in the beginning to be like, okay, this is who I am, you know, that those years and years and years of denying who I really am. And, trying to just numb that, that feeling of it and being able to feel how disappointed they are or how scared they are or how, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. really it's, it's fear and it's sadness and being able to feel that is like very uncomfortable. Yes. And so, um, you know, I also look back and I see now with my, my ex-spouse having him being able to be really open and honest at this point about like the ups and downs in our relationship that I wasn't even aware of. I'm like, Oh, that was like the peak of my binges was when he was having these like really deep kind of like regretful moments Mm -hmm. and not expressing them. I was still able to feel them on some level, but I, I wouldn't let myself. Right. And so I thought I was living this like picture perfect life Mm -hmm. with like my picture perfect marriage, but I really knew, like deep down, I knew I was just filling myself up to not feel it. You're numbing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. You know, that was a big part of the root for me. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. because you were picking up on other people's energies and, and the guilt that yeah. you were feeling and their sadness of what, how you were changing and what you were becoming. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like this deep feeling of not being able you know, other people not accepting who I was. So me not accepting who I was. Which is so hard. Yeah. (laughs) Because we all struggle with that not enoughness, right? Exactly. And when your family, who you love. Yeah, exactly. And, And that was really one of the big things was I felt at the same time not enough and too much, right? So Too much in what way? Just too much newness? Yeah, too much like my parents couldn't understand me. I was too, you know, loud. I was like trying all these things. Um, my ex couldn't keep up with me. He felt like he was always like trying to keep up with me, you know, that I was like at, at this kind of level of like always wanting to grow and expand and try new things. And it was too much, you know, but then on the other hand, I felt like I wasn't enough mm-hmm. and that, you know, food and not even just food, but like holding that excess weight was the protection for me of feeling whole, right? Mm-hmm. And then how did you finally yeah. release it all? I mean, lots and lots of work. <laughs> I, I would say that, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a path, it's a journey, it's not even done. You know, for me, it's, it's the thing that I know I can come back to and see as I'm growing and as I'm continuing to evolve when do I have tendencies to numb? Right. Because that's my, that's my personal vice. Like I know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead of seeing it as like, Oh, I'm not healed. I'm not, I'm not done. I didn't get fixed. Right. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Here's my little clue to see that there's something that I need to look at. And it doesn't always come back to that same theme of, of needing to feel whole. Sometimes it's other things, but for me, that's become like my little indicator 
of needing to do some deeper work and ask where it's coming from. So it's something that doesn't control me anymore. It kind of just tips me off on how to have a deeper relationship with myself. But it really was a journey of learning how to reassociate with my body and love my body and learn from it and be one with it, not disassociate from it and hate it and want to fix it and just want it to look differently. Mm -hmm, Right. mm It's self, self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Self-acceptance and self, just self inner digging, you know, mm-hmm. um, just getting to know yourself better and better and better. So for a woman who say is really hating their body is they're not comfortable in their skin and they're ready for the change, or maybe they've tried, you know, countless times to lose the weight only to gain it back and that whole yo-yo thing, where would you suggest that they start? Everyone hates that when I say this, but (laughs) you have to, you have to love your body first, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't hate yourself into a shape that you love that it doesn't work that way. Right. That's, that's not how law of attraction works, right? Love equals love. If you, if you love yourself, you'll love yourself more. If you hate yourself, you're just going to hate yourself more. And so that's really like the first step of the journey is starting to cultivate that self-love. And sometimes I think we get so caught up in just looking a certain way, right? And seeing our value as relying on our appearance and that our body is only good for us if it looks a certain way rather than actually like, what does our body do for us? Like, what does it allow us to experience? How has it been there for you? How has that extra weight that you're holding actually been protection for you? Mm-hmm. Right? How is that actually supporting you, not being just being there to make you upset mm-hmm. <laughs> or to like bother you? Right? Yeah. So yeah. starting to reframe basically how you think about yourself. Yeah, and and it's not about saying like like doing that that jump of going from hating yourself to loving yourself, right? Because that's an impossible leap to make. So we have to start building a bridge, right? And a lot of times that bridge is just like appreciation for where you are um, in any way that you can find it, mm-hmm. right? And and just starting there by softening it so that it's not this like hard thing. And, you know, even if that means just like creating a list of things that you can say that you love about yourself right now, even if it's like, one or two things, you know, and every time that your mind starts to go to that place of telling you the things that you don't like about yourself, just come back to that list, you know, and like slowly start to build on that list. But it's literally like reprogramming your brain. Mm -hmm. It is, it's, we've been programmed. It's not just, it's not our fault either, you know, Mm -hmm. but now it's our responsibility to change that. And not only so that we can lose weight and we can feel good in our body, but to have that freedom and, you know, that, that other, that other piece that comes with that is freedom to really live our life's purpose and to do that deeper soul healing. That's not just about looking good in your genes or whatever. Of course, that's like so amazing and, and fun <laughs> and it, it helps, you know, it feels great to feel good, you know, and feel confident. But, you know, I'm not really 
here just to help people lose weight and look good in their jeans, right? It's the next step of like releasing those things so that you can really step into your power, into your purpose and, you know, do what you came here to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did yoga, was it yoga that helped you tap into your spirit or was there an other incident or a moment that made you realize that, you know, perhaps Christianity taught you one thing, but maybe there was a little bit more that you were missing? Yeah. So yoga was amazing for me because it helped me to get in touch with my body and to have that appreciation for my body that I I didn't have at all before. Right. That was the first thing that that first like kind of movement practice that I had that wasn't just about changing what my body looked like. And so that was really powerful for me. But I had this one teacher who I started to do like private classes with as well. And he would teach Qigong, which is, it's kind of like Tai Chi, if, you, if you're familiar with Tai Chi. It's, a, it's an energy movement practice. And I mean, at the time I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but it feels so cool. <laughs> like so is it just happening. like, I think I've seen it. It's just, it's just moving. Yeah. So you're just holding different positions and you're, you're allowing the energy to build in your body. Right. And I remember just being like, what is energy? What is this? Like, you know, this, this was mind blowing for me. And even asking him one day, like, is it okay for me to be doing this if I'm a Christian? (laughs) And, you know, he was like, of course, like anybody can do this. This doesn't have to do with like religion or anything. But there was this part of me that was like, that's when I started to kind of question, like, what else is there? Like, what, what is all of this, you know? And it, it opened me up. It, and from that point on, it was, it was slow where I started to just kind of question things, look into things slowly. But over maybe the last like year and a half or two, that's when it just like went like full force and quick, you know, super, super quick. But yeah, up until that point. And what was going super quick? Just my, my spiritual growth and, and evolution and being open to things because there was so much resistance for a long time and fear in embracing it because of what that would mean, you know? And now I'm just like, all right, bring it on. <laughs> um, and, and that probably, that attitude didn't set in for, you know, until maybe a year and a half ago to where I was really open to just like receiving all of it. So it was like slow to grow for me, but that for me was, you know, working with that teacher and getting into yoga at that rate. Cause I was practicing every day. That's what really helped me. And so what was the new truth that you finally realized for yourself? Well, that everything I had been taught was a lie, basically. Not, a, I mean, not that it was taught to me in a malicious way from the people that taught it to me, but that it was everything that I had been taught was in an effort to disempower me. And I think that even if you don't grow up in a religious home, a lot of what we're taught as women is very disempowering and to keep us small and to keep us from really embracing the power that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I've been like uncovering more and more and more is that for so long I was looking outside of myself 
and looking for all of these answers and all these things to fix me. I felt like I needed to be fixed, like there was something wrong with me. But finding that not only am I whole already, but I'm like powerful. (laughs) And, you know, it's beautiful to have guides along the way, but you don't need people to tell you what to do or how to live your life or, you know, what's wrong with you or, you know, any of that. Cause none of that is, is real. And you don't need a middleman because it's all within you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, a big, a big hurdle for me to kind of jump over to embrace that because that's the root of what you're taught in Christianity is that you are not worthy. You're not enough. You are separate from God. God is something else, right? And you need, you do need this middleman to get to God, right? That is literally the core, like the foundation of it. And, you know, I think that that's taught not just in religion, but in so many other ways um, in society. So, you know, not just for women, but, you know, everyone is affected by that. Mm -hmm. So that you need to look this way or you need this new article of clothing or you need this car or you need whatever it is to, to be fully accepted and to be whole when it's none of that. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's nice. As you said, all of that's perfectly nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) No, No. there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. Yeah. But it comes back down to the intention of why, why do you want it? Do you want it to feel whole? Do you want it to, impress people? Do you want it for all these other reasons? Or is it the cherry on top, right? Is it something that just enhances the joy that you're living? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. So where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram as I am dot Alyssa Love and on Facebook, Alyssa Love. And I run group programs. I also take one-on-one clients. And I actually have a retreat coming up at the end of October in Colorado, which is going to be so amazing. Yeah. And what's your retreat about? It's um, me and a girlfriend. She's kind of hosting it and I'm co-hosting it with her. Um, So she has a sisterhood called Zentral Movement. And so this is going to be really about tapping into your sensuality and your femininity and just play and fun and all the cool womanly things. Yeah. And I have to say, I find it very brave of you that you've been documenting your cycle. (laughs) Thank you. Because personally, I mean, but I think it's time, right? Like there's this weird hushness that, I mean, in half the population it happens to, obviously. Yes. Yes. And I think it's important and especially, I always like, I'm very, I'm very open about it with, within my family. Like I tell my son, I'm like, look, I feel like crap. Yeah. And I try to explain it to him when he was younger. I would tell him that my house was breaking down. That was was the way I'm like, my body has made a house for a baby. And if there's no baby, it's going to break down. And sometimes, and I try to explain. And it always worked. And he's like, is your house breaking down, mommy? Oh, that's so cute. So he's, hopefully, I'm hoping that he's sympathetic to any future partners that he has. Amazing. Yeah, that's That's amazing. That's what I'm hoping for. Absolutely. I'm sure he will be just by like talking about it and not making it such a like hush hush thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important. And 
part of why I felt like led to share about that. It's funny because I, I posted this too, but I was doing like a womb meditation on the second day of my cycle, you know, last month. And I got the very clear message of like, okay, you need to share every day of your cycle. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And then I was like, am I really going to do this? And then I was like, actually, I might want to do this. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm excited about it. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, no, I I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a huge part of being a woman and about us like embracing our body and and being able to be that in tune with what's going on mm-hmm. in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been such an important and life-changing thing for me that I feel like it's something that we need to talk about and women need to know how to be in tune and in the flow with their own phases of their cycle. Which helps so. to have, have have a healthy relationship with their body in general. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really been like an essential part of the work I do. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for (laughs) chatting with me. I enjoyed it. You're welcome. Me too. (laughs) It's awesome. I think one of the really important lessons that we learned from Alyssa's story is that our emotions are indicators of what we need to heal in order to grow and expand. That when we feel the need to numb ourselves with whatever, whether it's food or drink, drugs, shopping, TV, there's always a reason. And it's super important that we look at that reason and figure out why. Otherwise, we will continue to do self-harming behavior and nothing will change and we'll get stuck and the cycle will obviously continue. And I know this is tricky, especially when we are stuck in a negative pattern because when we're in it, we can't always see it. And sometimes it's not even our own emotions that we're feeling, but we're often unconsciously picking up the energy of other people around us. So if you're continuing to do self-harming behavior, look at those around you in your environment as well as yourself. And the key is to notice. Notice your thoughts, behaviors, and patterns. Because when we start to notice those things and we ask ourselves what we're feeling and why, instead of trying to push it away, then we get our power back because we now know. And that gives us the power to heal, change, and grow. And if you've been really enjoying this show, then please rate and review it on iTunes or share it with some friends. And let's help to spread the word. Thank you so much for joining me and light and love. And I'll see you next week.